Good morning, Orlando, and good Friday morning Hello. on Good Friday here at 6 o'clock as we bring you our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the U.S. drops the mother of all bombs in Afghanistan and an arrest in an Orange County girl's death. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. We're going to talk about the mother of all bombs being dropped on ISIS, but the message it sends elsewhere next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Friday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 102.5. A massive U.S. bomb is believed to have killed at least 36 ISIS terrorists and destroyed an underground network of caves in eastern Afghanistan. Addressing the bombing yesterday, President Trump heaped praise on the military but deflected a question about whether he personally ordered Thursday's bomb drop. The 20,000-pound bomb is the largest non-nuclear bomb the U.S. has ever built. The so-called mother of all bombs was developed during the Iraq War but had hadn't been used on the battlefield until now. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Lots to say about all of this. I got a real education on what this Moab really is. The The, the actual name is Massive Ordnance Air Blast, but it's come to be known as the mother of all bombs. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it here in a moment. And and where this may be taking us, Deb. In the meantime, American forces are ready to launch a preemptive strike against North Korea if they believe a nuclear weapons test is coming. U.S. intelligence officials believe a North Korean nuke test could happen as soon as this weekend. A pair of Navy destroyers in the region are capable of firing Tomahawk cruise missiles at the nuclear test site. The isolated communist country has been teasing what they're calling a, quote, big event. Earlier this week, North Korea threatened to strike the U.S. with a nuclear weapon if action is taken. Now, this gets scary. This scares me a lot. It really does. And uh, we'll be watching all of this very, very closely in the days ahead. Back stateside, United Airlines will not be the only target of the passenger who was dragged off a flight at O'Hare International Airport. The city of Chicago may also be taken to court. The three officers who dragged Dr. David Dow from the plane Sunday work for the city aviation department. Dow's attorney says they went too far, causing a concussion and facial injuries, including a broken nose, lost several teeth. The city has hired a security expert to review airport policies. We have um, some great sound coming up later in the show from the attorney for Dr. David Dow and from his daughter. He's still undergoing facial reconstructive surgery. He's still hospitalized, leading to that. This guy fled Vietnam in 1975 for his life and said what happened on the plane was scarier than that. Yeah, which is, un- and you know, I, I feel for his wife, also a doctor, sitting next to him on the plane watching her husband being dragged off. They both had patients they had to see the next day, which was why they weren't willing to give up their seat. Exactly. And, you know, I thought of that, Bud, knowing that he was from Vietnam and had, you know, uh, immigrated to the United States, as it were, wondering what that experience of being dragged by security personnel felt like to a man who knows what a police state really feels like. Came up in the news conference. Yeah, yep. it certainly did. In local news, an arrest has been made in the death of an Orange County girl whose body was simply dumped on the side of the road. Orange County Sheriff Jerry Demings announced yesterday the arrest of 22-year-old Ramsey Abreu for accessory to second-degree murder in the death of 15-year-old Melanie Messin Medina. Authorities say Abreu was behind the wheel of a car Monday with Messin Medina and her 16-year-old female friend in Orlando when the victim was shot dead. Authorities say Messin Medina's 16-year-old friend is the one who shot the girl, and the 22-year-old Abreu helped dispose of the body at Ziegler Road near Orange Blossom Trail. Sheriff Demings did not announce charges 
against the suspected shooter. Because right now, if it's an accident, she's still a juvenile. If it's second-degree murder, she could be charged as an adult. I see. A new document released by the Orlando Police Department sheds more light on the events of the morning of June 12th and the response by law enforcement officers to the attack on the Pulse nightclub that left 49 people dead and at least 53 others injured. The 78-page presentation, which describes the successes, shortfalls, and lessons learned by emergency personnel in response to the attack, has been given to other law enforcement agencies by Chief John Mina. Uh, We're going to be sharing excerpts, which I have in my hand right now, from that report in the 7 o'clock hour. It is absolutely chilling stuff. There's an explanation for why there was the big gap between when the shooting started and the police went in that we have not seen before. And I'll share that in one hour. And today's Orlando Sentinel also has it as their cover story this morning. They have it as an exclusive. Police agencies have received this But the media exclusive goes to the Sentinel. A burn ban is issued for Orange County due to the ongoing drought. Orange County Mayor Teresa Jacobs yesterday ordered a prohibition on all outdoor fires throughout incorporated and unincorporated areas, including the city of Orlando. The restriction could mandate fines or jail time for anyone caught igniting campfires, bonfires and trash burnings. So Orange is now the latest county to be added to this burn ban, and this is as our extreme drought continues to creep up from the south of Florida. And finally, as uh, you heard Bud mention at the top of the newscast, today is Good Friday. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ are the most important events in Christianity, and the Friday before Easter observes the crucifixion of Jesus. It's a day of mourning in the church, and special Good Friday services focus on Jesus' suffering and death on the cross. Some countries offer special Good Friday processions, especially in the Philippines, or reenactments of the crucifixion. Many special services and churches focus on the seven last words of Christ on the cross. WFLA News Time 607. Check out News Radio 1025 WFLA's 50,000 watt front porch logo contest at 1025WFLA.com. The prizes alone will turn you into an artist overnight. Uh-huh. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. Deb, thank you so much. Yaffe in the control room. Bryce screening calls. We got a lot to get to. Local, national, you name it. We are all over it, starting with the mother of all bombs. What you need to know about this incredible weapon. And also, believe me, what happened in the mountains of uh, Afghanistan will reverberate far beyond that. And I believe that clearly was part of of the intention of the U.S. military. We join you on a Friday, on Good Friday, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. The mother of all bombs and, um, and much more coming right up. We'll have that and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFL. You remember what uh, Trump said during the campaign? I'm going to bomb the blank out of ISIS. Well... Yesterday, he did. They dropped the massive ordnance air blast, 21,000 mother-pound, mother-of-all bombs on caves believed to be ISIS strongholds, kind of an ISIS command center in the mountains of rural eastern Afghanistan. It was dropped on a cave complex And the first word we got yesterday was from White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer. 
At around 7 p.m. local time in Afghanistan last night, uh, the United States military used a GBU-43 weapon in Afghanistan. Uh, the GBU-43 is a large, powerful, and accurately delivered weapon. We targeted a system of tunnels and caves that ISIS fighters used uh, to move around freely, making it easier for them to target U.S. military advisors and Afghan forces in the area. The United States takes the fight against ISIS very seriously, and in order to defeat the group, we must deny them operational space, which we did. All right, that's Sean Spicer. Now, a little later, we heard from President Trump, the commander-in-chief. We have the greatest military in the world, and they've done a job as usual. We have given them total authorization, and that's what they're doing. And frankly, that's why they've been so successful lately. If you look at what's happened over the last eight weeks and compare that really to what's happened over the last eight years, you'll see there's a tremendous difference. All right, but it was not at all clear, and it still isn't, whether the president directly said, all right, I'm authorizing you to use Moab for the first time. It's never been used in combat before. Uh, 21,000-pound device here, 18,000 pounds of explosives with the firepower equivalent to 11 tons of TNT. Just for a little bit of perspective, yeah, it's the biggest non-nuclear weapon we've got, and it sends up a mushroom cloud that looks like you've been nuked up to a height of about 10,000 feet. I think they knew that would happen, and, and I think there was a message way beyond ISIS in Afghanistan. More on that here in a moment. Um, but compare that, 11 tons of TNT to the Hiroshima nuclear bomb in 1945, the equivalent of 15,000 tons of TNT. So you have to understand, nukes are in an entirely different category. But this creates a concussive blast when it explodes above the ground that, 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 that uh, just decimates everything for a mile radius and, and, and can collapse caves and trap people who are in it and just kill people on the surface. I mean, it's just an unbelievable thing. It has a huge psychological impact, they believe, um, in, in testing that they have done with the Moab. But I really think, Yaffe, that the, the message was sent to North Korea because, as Deb said off the top here, now uh, things are really ratcheting up. It's the big anniversary celebration of the communist state over in um, uh, North Korea, and the nut job that runs that country is talking about firing a, a, a nuclear weapon as a test over the weekend here. Uh, Trump's got an armada of U.S. ships there with Tomahawk missiles, and there's some talk they may actually uh, execute a... a um, a preemptive strike if, if they believe that um, that they're going to do this in, in North Korea. And this is really, this really ups the ante. But um, there, there's a lot of thinking that uh, that what happened yesterday, they decided to drop Moab. They could have dropped it any time. That whole situation with ISIS in the caves of Afghanistan has existed for years. And that it, that it was sending a message probably principally to North Korea, but to all of our other uh, enemies, you really want to mess with us. We've got a whole bunch more of these, and that mushroom cloud at ten thousand feet is just absolutely daunting to see. That was my first thought when I first heard about it. I said, "Yep, this is a message to North Korea." Now Trump wouldn't admit that yesterday, but I, I think it was, especially since North Korea they do a lot of stuff underground as well. They yep. have tunnel systems underground, so it's saying, "Hey, even if you're underground, we'll get you." Exactly. So we'll see where all of this goes. If you want to react to what happened that's never happened before, we dropped the largest non-nuclear bomb in our arsenal. 
Uh, 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Uh, the Judge Napolitano British Intel update you don't want to miss is coming right up. Remember about a month ago when Fox suspended for about a week its chief judicial analyst, Andrew Napolitano, for going on Fox and saying that um, sources had told Fox News, and he was simply relaying it, how the Trump team came to be spied on by the Obama regime. Remember this? Three intelligence sources have informed Fox News that President Obama went outside the chain of command. He didn't use the NSA, he didn't use the CIA, he didn't use the FBI, and he didn't use the Department of Justice. He used GCHQ. What the heck is GCHQ? That's the initials for the British spying agency. They have 24-7 access to the NSA database. So by simply having two people go to them saying, President Obama needs transcripts of conversations involving candidate Trump, conversations involving President-elect Trump, he's able to get it. And there's no American fingerprints on this. And for that, they suspended Napolitano like he was off the reservation on this. And we said initially, we felt like the Brits who were really angry about this and said, this is outrageous, this is nonsense, our intelligence had nothing to do with this. They must have gotten to the Trump uh, regime or, or I don't know who, but at any rate, all of a sudden, they benched Napolitano. And I said, this man is a man of great integrity. He would never risk his reputation to go with a story that he wasn't 100% sure was right. And he cited three sources that had told Fox News this, and Fox completely clammed up. Well, now CNN, of all media outlets, seems to confirm that Napolitano basically had it right. Here's what their reporting shows. They have U.S. congressional and law enforcement and U.S. and European intelligence sources telling CNN that British and other European intelligence agencies intercepted communications between associates of Donald Trump and Russian officials and other Russian individuals during the campaign and passed those communications on to their U.S. counterparts. The communications were captured during routine surveillance of Russian officials and other Russians known to Western intelligence, British and European intelligence agencies, including GCHQ, the British intelligence agency that Napolitano talked about a moment ago here, Responsible for communication surveillance were not proactively targeting members of the Trump team, but rather picked up these communications during what's known as incidental collection. The European intelligence agencies detected multiple communications over several months between the Trump associates and the Russian individuals and passed on that intelligence to the U.S. That's essentially, Yaffe, correct me if I'm wrong, a vindication of the basic contention by Judge Napolitano that got him suspended which I find found an outrage and find it even more so this morning. Yeah, maybe that's one, one of the reasons they brought him back. It's because they found out, hey, maybe he's actually right. Maybe he's actually on to something. Yeah. But it sounds like he was on to something. And the whole thing was kind of ridiculous to begin with because he cited sources. He said he had sources telling him this, and he still stands by it. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, interesting story there. We believe in the judge. And, uh, you know, 
O'Reilly's on a vacation that I think is really a suspension right now while they investigate the sexual harassment allegations. Um, if they wind up suspending him there or, or, or terminating him, that's one thing. But for a guy who's, who's citing sources of his own network on the air to get suspended like this and now to find out that basically he was right, it is outrageous what Fox did to Napolitano. And they need... Yeah, I agree. I think they need to apologize to him. Don't you? 407-916-5400. I've got time for calls on that and the dropping of the Moab, bigger, biggest non-nuclear bomb we've got on ISIS in Afghanistan and where it all is headed what the message is sent, I believe, to North Korea there. We'll have extra time because we don't have the Bloomberg Business Report after Deb brings us the news at 6.30 because they are off. The stock market is closed on Friday. So if you want to get on the 50,000-watt front porch on the vindication of Judge Napolitano um, and, and, and an apology and order from the network for whom he works that really embarrassed and tried to disgrace him and discredit him, what the heck was going on there and the, uh, and the Moab drop? 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400. We can hear from you through the text message as well, the text line 23680. Right now, Deborah Roberts is alongside me here on the 50,000-watt front porch with more on our big story this morning. Deb? Yeah, officials in Afghanistan, but are now saying that 36 terrorists are dead after the U.S. dropped a massive bomb, in fact, the largest non-nuclear bomb in the military's arsenal on an ISIS target, a spokesman for the Afghan Ministry of Defense says the blast destroyed three underground tunnels along with weapons and ammunition, but that no civilians were hurt. American military officials say the 20,000-pound so-called mother of all bombs was dropped on an ISIS position in eastern Afghanistan near the Pakistan border. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. By the way, we're going to go to our um, 1025 national correspondent Joe Gomez in about 12 minutes at 645 for a live update on the dropping of the Moab. Uh, back here in Florida, backers of a bill to ban fracking in the Sunshine State are begging lawmakers to give them a hearing. Dr. Ronald Saff of Tallahassee says fracking is a threat to Florida's environment and the people who live here. Just like there's no such thing as a safe cigarette, there's no such thing as safe fracking. There is an increased amount of congenital heart defects, cancer, skin problems, respiratory illness, and numerous other medical problems. The fracking ban passed its first committee with a unanimous vote, but it's been stuck ever since. Florida's largest utility, meanwhile, is seeking a mid-year residential rate increase that would raise the average monthly electric bill by about $6. Duke Energy Florida says the rate hike request that must be approved by the Florida Public Service Commission is the result of rising prices for natural gas and coal, but that it'll make no extra profit from the increase. If the PSC gives a thumbs up, the increase will begin with the July billing cycle, just in time for you to be running your AC 24-7. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. The greens at some local golf courses, this is going to really frost your flakes, but should be immaculate considering what one city wants to pay for them. The person in charge of St. Petersburg's city-owned golf courses is asking the city council to approve the purchase of three lawnmowers. No big deal, right? No. The price is what council member Ed Montanari calls eye-popping, $33,000 a piece. You gotta be kidding me. I kid you not. Now, Leisure Services Administrator Sherry McBee told the council yesterday, hey, the lawnmowers should last about 20 years, but Montanari points out they're more expensive than a nice car. Uh, $33,000 each for 
Have, lawnmowers. Have, have they green-lighted that, or are they talking about oh, it? Oh, no, they're talking about it right yeah. now. Well, if, they, if anybody votes for it, they they ought to last one term. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> Not doubt. Not nearly as long as the mowers. Exactly, and yeah, I'd like to find here. out who the manufacturer of those mowers are. You know, you don't have to have a Mercedes-Benz when you're out cutting the grass. What the heck is going on in St. Petersburg? <laughs> Good Lord. Also on the Gulf Coast, this is such a cool story. A grandfather from Lakeland is the Internet's newest viral sensation. A YouTube video shows 66-year-old Noah Stafford opening a gift of special glasses made by Enchroma for the colorblind. As he tries on the glasses and sees the world in literally a whole new way, he starts crying, and the tears end up spreading to other members in his family. Mm. The video uploaded last year was just shown on ABC News this week, and some new viewers say it's also moving them to tears. What makes this story so extra special, Bud, is that this guy is uh, Noah Stafford. Is he's a landscaper? He's been working with color his entire life, and yet oh. he's never been able to see it. Flowers, green grass, all Everything. in black and white and shades of gray. Yeah, absolutely. And to literally see his reaction, it's it was it was visceral. Yeah. It really is special. Fantastic. Back here locally in sports, the Magic are moving on without general manager Rob Hennigan. The team fired Hennigan on Thursday after missing the playoffs in each of his five seasons as GM. Malik C- uh, Magic CEO Alex Martin and says it's not an easy decision. Of course I bear responsibility. I, I bear the ultimate responsibility. I'm the leader of this organization, and um, you know I'm, I'm the one that ultimately has to make these decisions. The Magic also parted ways with assistant GM Scott Perry, but it was necessary, according to a lot of Magic fans. Well, it's part of the business, you know? It I is. mean, you know, it's, it's wins and losses, you know, and... Uh, it's been a very tough five-year stretch, not even close to making the playoffs along the way, and particularly this year, I mean, 29 and 53, it helps yes. its promise, you know? You know, one of yeah. the four worst teams in the NBA since you he know. became GM. I mean, losing more games than we've won, a roster we just, you know, yeah. I mean, but kudos to Hennigan. He was the youngest GM in NBA history when he joined the Magic in 2012. He was only 30 years yeah. old, mm-hmm. so he's got a, a hopefully a long future ahead well, of him. Well, he said all the right things, yeah. and uh, and so I don't think that he uh, he poisoned uh, the well. I, I think he'll probably surface someplace else, but you got to move on. You know, in our business, you don't pull a rating. Sooner or later, it catches up with you, and this is the basketball equivalent of that. Absolutely, and we've we've been patient enough. Yeah, you, you, can, you can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. The Bloomberg Business Report today. Gina Savetti is off along with the rest of the staff up there because the stock market is closed um, in honor of, um, of Good Friday, okay, in observance of Good Friday. Uh, in a moment, you're going to get the very latest from our News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Joe Gomez on the Moab, the mother of all bombs dropped by the U.S. on ISIS. More coming up here in a moment on that. And along with that, we'll have an update, of course, on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. Hope you'll sit tight here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Just to be clear, I'm fully supportive of the cruise missile attack in the wake of the chemical attack on those people in Syria. That was terrific by the Trump regime. There's a new sheriff in town, no doubt about it. And this seems to have been the right weapon for the battle fiends, uh, uh, battlefield scenario in, um, in eastern Afghanistan. The Moab, okay? The biggest non-nuclear weapon we've got. I think, though, it really does send a very, very clear message to North Korea. And if we get into it with North Korea, if they do do a nuclear test this weekend and we launch some kind of a preemptive strike... 
this could be an entirely different deal, and I have no idea where that might be headed. Uh, it all remains to be seen. But I have no problem with Moab being dropped on ISIS, 36 of their fighters reportedly dead. Anne is in College Park. Your reaction to um, to the Moab drop, what do you think, Ann? Well, you asked me a couple of days but ago uh, what should be the focus. I said to you then, ISIS, my only question is to Donald Trump, when is the next drop scheduled? On ISIS or elsewhere? ISIS. I don't. I don't think he wants to. Focus. I don't think he wants to tip the playbook on that score. But you're ready to go, right? I'm ready. We've got something like fourteen or fifteen more of these Moabs reportedly. So uh, uh, you may have your answer uh, sooner rather than later. later. I do appreciate I having you with us on the fifty thousand watt front porch, and thank you, thank you so much. Right now at six forty-five, let's bring in our national news radio. 1025 National Correspondent Joe Gomez on the Moab dropped on ISIS. Joe, always great to have you with us on Good Morning Orlando. You've been monitoring all the latest developments. What can you tell us at this hour, Joe? Uh, Good morning, Bud. We have a a new death toll figure that's been uh, released uh, by the uh, governor of the Nangarhar province in Afghanistan. Uh, He tweeted out that uh, up to 82 ISIS fighters were killed when the Moab was uh, dropped over this uh, complex system of caves and tunnels. Uh, in that uh, that part of the region. That's interesting. And now, I'm also reading um, that, though, there may be hundreds of ISIS fighters in that area. So it's not like we took out everybody, but we've jumped from 36 to 82 with your reporting at this moment. And uh, we thank you for that. What else do you have, Joe? Well, the, there's been a lot of reaction pouring in, clearly. I mean, a lot of people uh, have different opinions about the use of the MOAB, which has never been uh, deployed before. Um, it's the lo- largest non-nuclear bomb that's in the U.S. arsenal, um, and it has the equivalent to 11 tons of uh, TNT. Uh, the nuclear weapon dropped on Hiroshima had a blast yield of 15 tons of TNT. Well, actually, 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 what I'm reading is Hiroshima was 15,000 tons of TNT. We may have a discrepancy there, but continue. Go ahead. And so, and, but, uh, so Congresswoman Maxine Waters, a Democrat who's called for President Trump's impeachment, says that uh, she, she doesn't uh, agree with the use of the Moab. She says that uh, this shows that Trump is no longer just a bully. He is now very dangerous and still has no business being president um, of the United States. Other, others, meanwhile, are saying that, uh, that you know, this shows that, that Trump is uh, somebody who's not going to micromanage his military, that is... Uh, that is able to uh, flex the might of, of the military and is unafraid to uh, to show the strength of, uh, of what the U.S. is capable of doing. Now, um, there are those who believe, and I am among them, that there was a message also being sent with the dropping of the Moab on ISIS, and clearly there was a message for ISIS, um, and we're at 82 ISIS fighters dead and counting by your latest reporting that there was a message to North Korea as they get ready to have a big celebration and maybe stage another nuclear weapons test over the weekend. Uh, the Trump regime is talking tough in that regard. And I, I really believe that Moab was part of a message to send to North Korea um, uh, so that they don't go off the rails this weekend. Well, I think that uh, there's no doubt that that's certainly uh, you know, a possibility. And, and it, look, I mean, the Moab was used to, uh, to take out a system of caves and tunnels in Afghanistan. We know that under Pyongyang that there exists another complex system of tunnels that Kim Jong-un has used in the past to hide out from assassination attempts. And so, you know, maybe this is a message to him that he's not going to be safe, you know, wherever he tries to hide if indeed he does conduct this nuclear uh, test 
uh, on Saturday, which is the Day of the Sun, I guess, uh, you know, an anniversary for the founder of the, uh, as they call it, the Democratic uh, Republic, uh, People's uh, Republic of North Korea. Yep. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's definitely a, a message to, uh, to Kim Jong-un, especially with tensions rising in that region. Any closing words, Joe? Well, I, you know, I just think that, uh, that with uh, last week's uh, strike against uh, Syrian airfield, uh, with this week's deployment of the Moab, it certainly shows that uh, this is a president that, uh, that is a lot different from President Obama and that uh, he's not afraid to, uh, to use uh, the force of the military to take out the, the enemies of the United States. And I think it's, that's, that's something that's going to resonate with allies and enemies all across the world. And among the promises that the president is keeping, you know, that he made on the campaign trail, we all remember when he said, and he said it more than once, with ISIS, we're going to bomb the blank out of them. I guess with Moab, we just did. Right, Joe? I think that uh, <laughs> nobody could question that one, bud. All right, our News Radio 1025 national correspondent, best in the business, Joe Gomez, thank you so much for joining us. I wish you a good weekend. You too, bud. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. Yappy just told me something off air in my headset here. In the wake of Deb's story out of St. Petersburg that I really reacted to, about them debating, I guess, in the council there as to whether or not to drop thirty-three thousand dollars on um, uh, on uh, on on a golf course lawnmower. I said, "You got to be kidding me! Thirty-three grand for a golf course lawnmower? What are they thinking of?" And somebody who knows more about such things, obviously, than Deb and I do. Got on the text line, and Yaffe, what do you got? Yeah, apparently we have a mower expert on uh, the text line. I'd have to do more research on this, I mean, but because I, I have no idea. I've never used a golf course mower. But he says uh, golf course mowers easily cost $33,000. Wow. Sounds oh. like they are a triplex green mower. So he even knows the kind of mower that they're trying to buy, a triplex green mower. He says fairway mowers are sixty grand. What? Mm-hmm. And a gang mower can be a hundred grand. A what? What? He says gang a- mower. I don't know what the, I don't know what that means. Gang mower. That's what he said. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'll have to Google here. What is a gang mower? Yeah, but he says that's a good. That's a normal. I mean, gangs mostly hang out in cities, you know, on a pavement. They don't need lawnmowers, do they? <laughs> I don't know what that is. What's uh, a gang mower? A hundred grand? No yeah. kidding. I don't, I don't, I don't Isn't know. that crazy? Oh, boy. Appreciate that. Oh, by the way, um, yesterday morning, I got caught in a huge traffic jam on 1792 going north from Maitland Boulevard. Um and I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm seeing all these police cars and everything. Way, all the lights are flashing. There must be like an eight-car wreck. And traffic was backed up all, all over the place. And it was like about 930. There's never a traffic backup there then, even though 1792 is busy. Do you know what this turns out to be? turns out to be the Seminole County law enforcement leg of the Special Olympics torch run that's being done all around the state in various times in advance of the Special Olympics. And there was a group of people taking up the whole right lane, blocking it completely off with police, um, and plugging up traffic forever. Now, I'm a big supporter of law enforcement and a big supporter of the, of the Special Olympics, too, okay? So I'm, I'm almost resident, resident, reticent to bring this up. But for goodness sakes, don't do this on a major thoroughfare at a busy time of day. I mean, it's just after the 
height of the rush hour, they were going 13 miles all the way up to a park in Sanford, I was reading. Because I searched this out and said, what was this? Well, you know, it seems to me you ought to be doing this maybe like on a sleepy Sunday morning and not on a major thoroughfare. I support law enforcement and the Special Olympics and the concept of a torch run, but not on 1792. Plus, I think it's dangerous. You know, some truck could have come along and clipped them. Could have hurt, killed people. I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean. That was crazy. Roads, the roads are meant for traffic. So when there's a lot of traffic, that's what you, you have know, the roads I, there for, I not for these other they things. They really need to rethink that. And these these torch runs are going on all over, all over the, um, all over the, all over the state, county county really? by county. Absolutely. Yeah, you can look it up on the website. Bryce, you were shaking your head like you thought, yeah, I understand what you're saying there, bud man. No, I, or were you just shaking your head because no, you needed to shake your head? No, well, I was uh I was supporting the uh Special Olympics and I don't know, I guess I kinda disagree with you. I, I like the fact that it's on display right there and you know, it does suck that it slows us all down. I think it was dangerous and it caused a big traffic jam. I'm telling you, I love the Special Olympics and I love our cops, but that's my See, say. See, this on is it. what happens what? when you when you do anything with the Special Olympics, that's what they're gonna say. You hate why do you no, hate the Special no, Olympics? No, and you're anti police, <laughs> yes. but man, you evil, evil man. I like the traffic. Uh, oh, really? Oh, really? There were a lot of people who didn't like it yesterday, I guarantee you, and I was really near the top of the list. Deb's coming up with the news at the top of the hour as the U.S. drops the mother of all bombs in Afghanistan on ISIS. Uh, the very latest death toll there, and the Florida House passes its budget. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. It is wonderful to have you with us on the Good Friday edition of the show at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando, on the Good Friday edition of the show at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. We are glad you've joined us for the latest on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, the U.S. drops the mother of all bombs on Afghanistan and the Florida House passes its budget. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And a new report on what happened the night of the Pulse Massacre. Excerpts in a moment on Good Morning Orlando. And good Friday morning at 7.04 on News Radio 1025. A very, very successful mission. That's how President Trump described the deployment of a so-called mother of all bombs in Afghanistan. Everybody knows exactly what happened. So, and what I do is I authorize my military. We have the greatest military in the world, and they've done a job as usual. So we have given them total authorization. The more than 20,000-pound bomb was dropped for the first time this week uh, yesterday on an ISIS target in the eastern part of the country. In a White House photo op, Trump heaped praise on the military and deflected a question about whether he personally ordered the bomb drop. The Moab is the largest non-nuclear bomb that has ever been built. The primary target was an ISIS tunnel and cave complex. The massive bomb was developed during the Iraq War, but it's never been used on a battlefield before now, and the latest count is that 82 ISIS terrorists have been taken out by the mother of all bombs, uh, up from our earlier number of 36. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank.
Meanwhile, Trump is spending uh, the seventh weekend of his 13 weeks as president at his Mar-a-Lago estate for Easter. The president arrived yesterday at Palm Beach and is expected to remain in South Florida through Monday. No public events are planned during his stay. The U.S. Coast Guard is placing boating restrictions in the Intracoastal Waterway and Atlantic water surrounding the estate during the president's stay. FAA flight restrictions in the airspace surrounding Mar-a-Lago are also in effect. In related news, health code violations are cleaned up at Mar-a-Lago after state public health officials found them at the country club's kitchen. Inspectors with the Florida Department of Health found 13 violations, bud, during a January inspection of the cooking facilities at President Trump's so-called Southern White House. Yeah, the yeah. Winter White House. What are the cockroaches in the kitchen? No, well, but among the violations were raw meat not properly cooled, mm. which can cause very dangerous intestinal upset, and food coolers not properly maintained. However, the good news is another inspection of the kitchen earlier this month turned up no health code violations. Well, that's good. Yeah. We don't need our chief, our commander in chief laid up with a stomach bug. Nope. The Florida House and Senate have approved their new budgets. Now they have to settle their differences. Good luck with that. The House plans to add up to $81.2 billion. And Representative Blaze Angolia was proud to vote yes. Possibly for the first time in the history of the Florida House, We are voluntarily reducing spending in a non-recessionary year. The House may be lowballing the budget, but the Senate wants to spend about $4 billion more. That's the biggest gap between the chambers in decades, and they have three weeks left in the session to come up with a compromise. WFLA News Time 707. Read about China offering to defend Kim Jong-un if he gives up his nukes. Ah, you know, we're getting some help from China right now. And Trump said, you want a good trade deal with us, Mr. Chinese President? Help us with North Korea. And and it looks to one degree or another as though they're they're doing some of that. Well, you can find out at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Yeah, while we were getting the news ready, we had a text message from one of our experts on golf course lawnmowers because you did a story we couldn't believe in St. Petersburg. They're talking about dropping thirty-three grand yeah. a piece for golf course lawnmowers. He's an expert on this. He says thirty-three grand, absolutely standard, up to sixty grand. And then there was something yaffy that cost even more. And he wrote back to you about it. Well, yeah, fairway mowers are sixty grand, <laughs> and a gang mower. A gang can be mower? be a hundred grand. That's what I said. What is that? A gang mower, he texted back, says, is used to mow roughs, driving ranges, and fields. It's a tractor that tows a large mowing PTO. It's similar to a bush hog. Wow, a hundred grand. No wonder the green just fees get a are wild, what they are. Yeah, just get a wild hog. <laughs> Take the place a, of the bush hog. Get a bunch of cattle. And exactly. Just the Where goats. are the goats when you need them? Get about their grazing. You know, they're not at Wrigley anymore. Now, I was looking up, you know, <laughs> different mowers. You could get a used one for like fourteen grand. So, <sighs> A my, used golf course mower. I don't even wow. think my life is worth fourteen grand. <laughs> but you know, we oh, just love stop. it. We, we've got the best yeah. audience in talk radio. I mean, 
they 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 are great. They add so much every, every time we have feedback here to the conversation, the debate, to what we know about any topic. Brand new perspectives. And there's an expert on everything out there on their end of the 50,000-watt front porch. And that's what I love, too, is that you and I can sit up and think that that's an exorbitant <laughs> fee, yeah, right. like the city council member, only to be learn, you know, to be taught, to be schooled by one of our listeners. I that, know no, it. that's an industry standard. So thank you. Yep. It's good to learn something new every day. That text line's awesome. You can use it anytime at 23680. Our phone number is... 407-916-5400. Deb will be back with the news whenever it breaks, of course, and at the bottom of the hour. But in a moment, uh, in a Sentinel exclusive from which I will share excerpts, um, there's some compelling new information about what happened the night of the Pulse nightclub massacre that you would not have heard before. Um, a really serious question may have been answered in this OPD report, but there's another question for me that has never been satisfactorily answered We'll tackle it all in a moment. That in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Sentinel has an exclusive on a report by Orlando police on the Pulse nightclub massacre last June 12th. Omar Mateen, killing in the name of ISIS and Allah, slaughtered 49 people in the middle of the night before he could be stopped. A bunch of law enforcement agencies have been given this report to see what they might be able to learn from it. But the Sentinel got a hold of a copy, and it's, um, it's in the paper as an exclusive, and I give credit where credit is due. Let me share some excerpts here, things that I, I believe we have not known before. Nearly half of those killed in the Pulse nightclub shooting died where they were dancing without a chance to react or to run for help. Thirteen died in the bathrooms waiting for help during the three-hour hostage situation. Now, um, the presentation notes 38 people died inside the nightclub, including 20 on the dance floor, three on stage, one in the front lobby, one out on the patio. Nine people died in the north bathroom where Mateen was barricaded for a large majority of the standoff. Four died in the south bathroom. The remaining 11 people died at the hospital or at triage areas set up outside the club during the shooting. There are diagrams, still photos from body cam footage as well uh, that have now been released in the OPD report. One of the questions that so many have asked, particularly some of the survivors and families of the victims who were slaughtered that night, was why did it take police so long to go in and get this guy. The report deals with that in a way we have not seen before. There's been a lot of criticism that it took all this long before they um, they got into the club and, and, and got Mateen at 5.02 in the morning. The department has consistently said it did not go in until then for fear that hostages would be harmed. But listen to what's in the new report from OPD. Chief Mina made the decision after Mateen said he strapped bombs to people in the four corners of the club. The timeline says Mateen told police at 2.48 a.m. that he was wearing a bomb vest and that, listen to this, he had a vehicle in the parking lot with enough explosives to take out city blocks. Now you understand. Now we understand why the cops had to wait to go in. You had no way of knowing whether all of that was true, some of that was true, or none of that was true. Turns out, apparently, 
None of that was true. No explosives were found in the club. Um, police say they've learned that they need better communications with the fire department than they had. Um, one of the questions not addressed is if any of the victims were struck by friendly fire. And the chief said yesterday that he does not know if any civilians were hit by police gunfire. That is really chilling, daunting stuff. And I am haunted all over again by this one question that has haunted me since that dark, dark night. How many lives would have been saved if just one, better yet, just a few, of the people in the Pulse nightclub that night had guns, had their own weapons? You wouldn't have been able to save everybody. The element of surprise would have cost lives. But somebody might well have been able to take this guy out. But apparently it was gun-free because there, were, there was no armed resistance encountered by Omar Mateen. He was shooting fish in a barrel. 49 human beings slaughtered. More than that, wounded. Some permanently, grievously wounded. What are your thoughts on that? Have you ever thought about what happened if just a few people had guns in that club? You know, another gun-free environment for a terrorist to run rampant. Your thoughts on the um, on the issue of what if a few people had guns? How many lives could have been saved that night? Nobody talks about that. Nobody looks at that. But that haunts me to this day. Your thoughts on what is revealed that we have not known before in the police report. Please join us. 407-916-5400. powerful stuff. And, uh, Thanks to the Sentinel, and thanks to the chief and the Orlando Police Department for putting this report out. As we come to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio on a Good Friday edition to Good Morning Orlando, just visit laurahasthebuyers.com. You'll be glad you did. Gave you some of the excerpts from the new uh, report by OPD on the Pulse uh, nightclub massacre, 49 slaughtered by Omar Mateen in the name of ISIS and, uh, and Allah. Many, many more wounded um, you know, if somebody had had a gun, maybe a few people, you wouldn't have saved everybody. I know you would have saved some, but nobody wants to hear that, do they? Here is Ken in Orlando. Good morning to you, Ken. Well, good morning, sir. Yes, um, I'm just going to use this as an analogy. The first thing a lot of people do when they get out of their cars and they're going to grocery stores, you see them looking at their phones. So they're not really paying attention on what's going on around them. So in that regard... If somebody was in that club that could have been this observing, maybe saw this guy acting suspiciously, maybe somebody could, you know, ganged up on him physically, taking him down that way. Yeah, I suppose it's a 2020 hindsight thing. People are there. They're just having another night at the club. They're not thinking about there being any kind of a threat. But I understand where you're coming from when you look at it from, from the hindsight. Ken, thank you very much. Bertha is with us from Volusia County. Good morning, Bertha. Good morning. Happy Easter. And you as well, darling. Yeah, well, in this modern age, you can have, you can be elsewhere and watch your house and, and intruders in there. Why is all these businesses don't have security where they could have watched what was going on if they had the proper equipment? That's number one. Number two, for years, we used to, doctors used to monitor patients behind the room 
You can see that in the room, they can't see you. Why do they don't have their own security somewhere where they could have been behind uh, the walls and see outside of the club? I don't think customers should have to be packing guns. They need to have better surveillance, uh, cameras where you could, they could have monitored what was going on in there in this modern age and have security there behind closed doors and nobody know where they're at. All right, Bertha, thank you. God bless you, hon. I appreciate you so much. And I know you're speaking from the heart as you always do. Uh, you know, but again, all of these things cost money and, you know, pre pulse nightclub, nobody was thinking anything like this could ever happen in the city of Orlando. You know, our thinking has all changed since, uh, coming in on the text line, Yaffe, what do you see on this? Uh, yeah. One person said, um, but if the pulse shooter didn't know if anyone was armed in the pulse club, would it have happened or would he have picked another target? So, you know, against, it's against Florida law to have guns in a place like that right now. So if, you know, if it wasn't the law, would the pulse shooter have even decided to shoot there? It's the whole gun-free zone. Well, there are, endless, there are endless soft targets and uh, yeah. gun-free zones all over the place and an ongoing debate on that. Um, the U.S. drops the mother of all bombs in Afghanistan on ISIS. We've been talking about it. We'll do more on it. Deb will have the very latest for you. The death toll of ISIS fighters is up now. And the Pope opens a... Free laundromat for Rome's poor. Deborah Roberts with the news coming up here at the bottom of the hour. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. The Bud Man along with Yaffe, Bryce, and Deborah Roberts with the news here. It's Good Friday and Good Morning Orlando at 729. Well, President Trump said he was going to bomb the blank out of ISIS, and the big story this morning is he just did. Yeah, he did. The largest non-nuclear bomb in the U.S. military's arsenal has been used for the first time ever. The more than 20,000-pound so-called mother of all bombs was dropped on an ISIS target in a remote area of eastern Afghanistan. The effectiveness of the bombing is still being assessed. Right now, the count is, uh, last check, was 82 ISIS terrorists that were killed. White House spokesman Sean Spicer says the U.S. took all necessary precautions to avoid civilian casualties. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank. Florida's hometown bank. We are in the uh, Easter season, of course, getting ready for Easter on Sunday, today being Good Friday. Thought I would bring you this story, bud, mm-hmm. about the Pope's laundromat, now open in Rome. Yeah, I headlined that in a moment, and I couldn't wait for the full story, so here we go. Yeah, it's a laundromat for the poor, and thanks go to Pope Francis. The laundromat is set up in the neighborhood of Trastevere. Roman Catholic officials say it's for anyone who needs a place to wash their clothes, but the homeless are particularly welcome. Six washing machines and six dryers were donated to the Pope's laundry. The facility relies on volunteers to keep it fluffing and folding. Later on, the Vatican says the Pope plans to add showers, barbers, and medical services. He has a heart for the poor. His He's a entire, His entire history would suggest that, and this is just a reaffirmation of it. I like that. Yeah, it really is, and I like it too because it reminds folks that it's not just food that the homeless oftentimes need, but it's a place to clean yourself and oh, your yeah. clothes. Sure. You know, that can wear your, your psyche down, you know, as much as anything. Yeah. Also overseas, we've been talking a lot about Russia this week. We have. Yeah, well, a Russian man um, is cementing his feelings, maybe not for our president, but for his wife. Let's hope it doesn't extend to Pooty Poot. Hmm. He was so upset, she changed her last name for a supermarket promotion that he took out his revenge by filling her car with cement. (laughs) Whoa. 
The man oh. was recorded on video outside a store in St. Petersburg using a cement truck to dump wet concrete through the open window of a parked car. Wow. The man says Russian citizens are offered $1,200 a month to opt for the name change, explaining why his wife decided to change her last name for a supermarket promotion. $1,200 is a lot of money. <laughs> the man admits he's been having marital issues lately, and <laughs> this is just this latest incident is just the latest to gum up his marriage. Man, I'm telling you, you got like maybe an hour before that stuff sets. <laughs> exactly. Or just a goodbye car forever. I'm wondering... You think this would be just the latest to gum up your marriage? Yeah, wet concrete through an open car window, I think, would do that. Gee whiz, those (laughs) Ruskies. I know. Taking it a little seriously. (laughs) And finally, scientists are paying homage to Pink Floyd. Is that anything like homage? Yeah, homage. You're going upscale on me there. Hoity-toity. Oh, please, Miss... Please, Mr. Master's degree. It's the Queen's English. It is. It's a ping homage. It's a ping homage. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. (laughs) To Pink Floyd and naming a newly discovered species of shrimp. Yeah? Yeah. I like Pink Floyd. I do, too. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Who doesn't love a little dark side of the moon? Oh, yeah. The shrimp has a giant pink claw that it uses to create a sound that can stun or even kill small fish. So they decided to name it after the rock group. The C- what? Synelphius pink floydy is a type of pistol shrimp and was discovered by a team of scientists from Seattle University and Oxford in the Pacific Ocean. So there was a reason for the Queen's English. Yes, yes. Right, at Oxford. A proper homage has yes. been paid here. Synelphius pink floydy. Yes, on the 50,000 watt front porch <laughs> with the Deadmeister and the Budman and company. Good Friday morning, one and all. <laughs> You are Why do you make me you giggle are. when you do that? Well, I don't know. I don't either. You make me all shy. Anything else? Any old business to come before the committee? Oh, I have. Oh, are you kidding? I've got lots of stuff that we can talk about. Hey, wait. You know, one of the things we didn't talk about yesterday was that awesome video that was going viral everywhere of the stallion taking on the gator. That's a Just Florida south of story. Gainesville. Just south of Gainesville. A woman out walking with her friends. Yeah, but we need to find that and post that. Is that on the website? Have you seen this? I haven't seen it on our website yet, and I was surprised because I was going to ask Mike to post it yesterday, but I assumed, of course, it was going to end up on our website. It's was the most viral video yesterday. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, if you if you didn't get a chance to see it, it was a wild horse taking on a Florida alligator, and it was all captured on video. A woman hiking with her friends in the Paynes Prairie State Park, that's just south of Gainesville, captured the encounter. The video was posted to Facebook, and it shows a beautiful black stallion wandering away from a pack of horses and sneaking up behind the alligator. The horse then stomps the gator's back. Gator's like, yo, what? I didn't do anything. I'm a gator. Nobody takes me on. What are you talking about? No, it wasn't a fair fight. Onlookers even took the side of the gator and were yelling at the horse to leave it alone as it repeatedly stomped the gator. But I think the gator was protecting its colt. There there was some rumor that there was a colt among the group of horses, but the gator was just sunning himself. He was nowhere near the horses. The horse just wandered up. I think he just wanted to show off for the group of people that were there. I'm rooting for anything anyone takes on a gator. <laughs> I'm rooting for the horse. Are I you on, Are you in for the horse on this one? No. Oh, come it on. It wasn't a fair fight. The gator decided it had enough and fights back. It grazed the horse's leg, but that's when the horse went, oh, that's right, you do have teeth. So both the gator and the horse <laughs> end their duel and flee in separate directions. Okay. Only so we, in Florida. Okay, so we had a peaceful uh, secession of... Um, 
We did. Of hostilities. We really did. I'm surprised a python didn't come out of nowhere and join the fight. <laughs> Don't make me pull this prairie over. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm all into paying homage to the horse. Well, it was a beautiful <laughs> horse, too. Hard to believe it's a wild horse. Someone, someone has to be able to stable that beauty. Oh. He's gorgeous. And so was the gator. Do you guys remember the Croxzilla or the Gatorzilla, the big one that was walking? Oh, across? yeah, where people swore it wasn't real because it looked like a prehistoric dinosaur marching right. across the golf course. Yep, it kind of looks like the same place. Yeah, it kind of it, it did. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, only in Florida. Enjoy that wild nature that we have. It's fantastic. Yeah. Jeff Meister catches shortly for more news. You got it. I am sympathetic to the passenger, Dr. David Dow. Yaffe, less so. More on that in a moment. But first, let's listen to excerpts from a news conference held yesterday uh, by Dow's lawyer and his daughter. He's got five kids. Um, And, of course, Dr. David Dow is the passenger dragged off that flight. He was not there because he's still being treated in the hospital for the injuries he sustained. Let's listen. The lawyer and the daughter. Here we go. If you're going to eject a passenger under no circumstances, Can it be done with unreasonable force or violence? That's the law. If unreasonable force and violence is used under a set of circumstances, the common carrier, United Airlines in this case, is responsible. Will there be a lawsuit? Yeah, probably. We were horrified and shocked and sickened to learn what had happened to him and to see what had happened to him. I can tell you that he was discharged late last night, um, that he did in fact suffer a significant concussion. I can also tell you uh, that he had a serious broken nose, injury to the sinuses, and he is going to be undergoing shortly reconstructive surgery in that regard. There have been a lot of inquiries about, did he really lose any teeth? Yeah, he lost two front teeth. All right, the lawyer and one of the daughters, another one of the kids of uh, Dr. David Dow, said, you know what, he's a wonderful father, a loving grandfather. This sort of thing should never happen to another human being. Dr. Dow is quoted as saying that being dragged down the plain aisle and being injured as he was was more terrifying than his experience Fleeing Vietnam in 1975. Wow, that puts it in perspective. But Yaffe, you say he brought it on himself? Well, I, I, I'm sympathetic to him in the situation that they should have never had him do this in the first place. But to say it's like Vietnam or like a police state and it's that traumatic is a little overboard for me. And this is why. It's not like they just rushed the plane and beat the crap out of him. They asked him nicely several times to leave. He refused to do it. They tried to remove him. He acted like a maniac screaming, and that's why he got injured, because he was resisting. Apparently, they were coming back from vacation. He had patients scheduled the next day as a doctor in Louisville. He had to get there, and he had to be on that flight. I understand that, but when the authorities tell you to do something, you do it. You don't act like a child and a maniac screaming like you did and then get upset when you're injured. Todd, you're from Orlando. What side are you on here? I'm actually on the side that the, uh, the other gentleman there just talked about. I'm actually visiting the area, and I'm trying to track where you're at and what your thoughts are. 
I uh, again, he, he owned it. He was given a lawful order by a uniformed police officer to comply, and he chose not to. And if you're suggesting that that's okay, then uh, I'm, I'm just lost to where you're tracking this at. If that's the state we're going to be in, you know, the evolution of the 24-hour news cycle, the social media, law and order has gone to the wayside in this country, and he and he apparently now is the poster child for it. But the idea that you can not comply is beyond me. Wow. And for that, you've got to have your face put back together and you're in the hospital? As a lawyer pointed out, and I think he's been through airline regulations and law, and this will be part of the lawsuit, under no circumstances are you to be, you know, removed violently from an airplane. Well, how, how are they supposed to remove him then if you resist? Well, first of all, this whole thing should have been taken care of the gate. Well, I agree with that part. I agree. It was bad policy by United. I totally agree with that. They should not have allowed it. And legally, you're right. They There's legal things yeah. in the way that say maybe they shouldn't have removed him. But if I'm an adult and there are police telling me and asking me nicely to get off the plane, I'm going to get off the plane. I might be upset about it, but I'm going to act like an adult and get off oh, the plane. I don't know if they were asking him nicely. I don't know. I've seen the whole video. They, they were. There's actually new uh, video out there before yeah, the whole exchange right. that shows them talking nicely to him. So, Yaffe, you're on, you need to come back on Monday for Bud's show, and you can't make it back. You're not worried about what Bud's going to do to you? Well, I mean, yeah, Bud could beat me up if I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not here? You're going to tell yeah, those yeah, cops, yeah, no, anyway, I'm going back. Yeah. I have a show in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, if you were to come in here and try to forcibly, even though you spoke nicely, drag me out of this chair and out of this studio, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I'd fight <laughs> I, you, man. I agree with that, but I'm not a cop. And I'd give you a whooping. Good morning, Orlando, on Good Friday 2017. At the top of the 8 o'clock hour, we have the latest Orlando news, weather, and traffic for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the U.S. drops the mother of all bombs in Afghanistan, and NASA announces new ocean world discoveries. We'll have the details in one minute. And we'll talk about the big Moab drop and what it means and what may be next. Next, and also your calls and texts on this big debate about whether or not you're sympathetic toward that guy dragged off the United flight. It's all ahead for you on Good Morning Orlando. Good Friday morning. It's 8.04 on News Radio 1025. A massive U.S. bomb is believed to have killed at least 82 ISIS terrorists and destroyed an underground network of caves in eastern Afghanistan. The 20,000-pound bomb is the largest non-nuclear bomb the U.S. has ever built. The so-called mother of all bombs was developed during the Iraq War but hadn't been used on the battlefield until now. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. As we noted during the campaign repeatedly, the president said if he were elected, he would bomb the blank out of ISIS. And they just dropped the biggest non-nuclear bomb we've got. Yeah, and in the meantime, American forces are ready to launch a preemptive strike against North Korea if they believe a nuclear weapons test is coming. U.S. intelligence officials believe a North Korean nuke test could happen as soon as this weekend. A pair of Navy destroyers is in the region and are capable of firing Tomahawk cruise missiles at the nuclear test site. The isolated communist country has been teasing what they're calling a, quote, big event. Earlier this week, North Korea threatened to strike the U.S. with a nuclear weapon if action is taken. 
Uh, consumer advocate Ralph Nader. There's a blast from the past. Is Haven't he heard still that around? name. I know. I was surprised myself when I saw the story. I couldn't believe it. But consumer advocate Ralph Nader says the United Airlines passenger dragging fiasco it offers air travelers an opportunity to demand changes from the nation's airlines. Good. Yeah, exactly. Nader writes in USA Today that the kind of bad publicity United's been getting all week could make airlines more open to passenger-friendly changes in policy. Nader says air travelers should unite and demand other airlines match Southwest's treatment of its passengers. Southwest, of course, doesn't charge for reservation changes, checked baggage, extra leg room, using overhead baggage bins, and buying tickets on the phone or at the ticket counter. Yeah, in one way or another, we, we just are being bullied by these airlines. It just don't seem to give a rip. They really don't. And now maybe they will between, yeah. you know, United stock falling and yeah. Southwest being consistently rated the top airline. Mm-hmm. Let's hope. Yep. In local news, the 2017 Star Wars celebration is underway and the late Carrie Fisher was the star on the opening night here in Orlando. Star Wars creator George Lucas delivered a long tribute about working with the actor he first cast when she was only 19. Lucas said of the film that premiered 40 years ago, quote, she was the boss. It was her war, end quote. Fisher died of a heart attack last December. Last night, her daughter, Billy Lord, introduced a video tribute and shared memories of her mom. Fantastic. A huge event, bud. 75,000 people in town. You were telling me the lines went on forever at the convention center. It was unbelievable yesterday. They were showing it on the news. It was like, what is that sea of people lining up on iDrive for? It wrapped around International Drive. The event didn't start till 9. The line was already around the block by 7 in the morning. I saw people like dressed like Darth Vader oh, and yeah. Princess Leia oh, and yeah. on and, and on. You know, you might think they're geeky or whatever, but welcome <laughs> them to Central Florida. They're about ready to drop $40 million into our local economy, so welcome to Orlando. We are glad you're with us. Yes, we are. Teams of researchers at NASA working with two different long-range space probes now believe that Jupiter's moon Europa and Saturn's moon Enceladus are concealing vast oceans underneath sheaths of ice. Wow. And that spacecraft have witnessed spray-like eruptions of water vapor. That's according to Linda Spilker. Cassini project scientist at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. This finding is the result of 12 years of Cassini investigations, and it really represents a capstone finding for the mission, because we now know that Enceladus has almost all of the ingredients that you would need to support life as we know it on Earth. Warm water oceans would be ideal for bacteria or other small life to form. And finally, indulge me in this last story, bud, because you and I are both space nuts. Uh, the NASA spacecraft is going between Saturn and its rings. Oh, that's awesome. The Cassini space probe has been orbiting Saturn and its moons for 13 years. And it will end its journey in September when it dives into the planet's atmosphere. Coming up next week, on April 22nd, mm-hmm. Cassini is going to swing around uh, Saturn's largest moon, Titan, for the last time. And then we'll go where no spacecraft has ever gone before, at least not one from this planet, between the giant planet and its rings. Awesome. This is going to be great. It is. Cassini's project scientist at the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory says it's like a whole new mission that will help answer questions like, how old are the rings of Saturn? How did they form? Yeah. The space probe will continue to radio back measurements when it plunges into Saturn's atmosphere.
Cannot wait. I cannot either. That's going to be so cool. Right now, WFLA News Time. It's a very late 8.09, but check out News Radio 1025 WFLA's 50,000 watt front porch logo contest at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Deb, in a moment, I want to get your take on uh, whether or not we ought to be sympathetic to that pilot dragged off that United flight. Yaffe is not. I am. We'll see what you think in the calls and the text okay, lines. Okay, I have to straighten something out here. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sympathetic to so... the situation. I just think he handled it badly. Don't you think, you on think he got what is coming to him is what I made out of your comments before. Okay, two things can be true at the same Whoa. time. United can be wrong, and this guy can be wrong as well. <laughs> oh, wait, you're straddling the fence. You're wimping yeah. out. Anyway, we're going to get to it, and we're going to get your calls and texts on this, and we'll get to the big Moab drop everybody's talking about, the biggest non-nuke that we've got dropped on ISIS in Afghanistan. I love it. Thank you, Mr. President. All of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yeah, but there's a huge lawsuit coming on this United Airlines case, and Dr. David Dow, I think, is going to make a lot of money, and United is willing to fork it over to just have this thing quietly, if they can do it, go away. Do you think there's any excuse for what they put this man through, dragging him off that plane the way they did, and now he's facing reconstructive face surgery? No. And I do see Mike Yaffe's point that you can be right about the same subject, even if it's completely opposite sides of the opinion. But how could he be in the wrong? I mean, he's a paying customer. He's sitting in his seat. Now, if that had been me and they'd said, you got to get off the plane, I I would hope I wouldn't need to be dragged off, but... Yeah, yeah, you probably would have to be. Yeah, I probably would. No, actually, the officers (laughs) would need to be, and they'd be the ones getting the facial reconstruction. (laughs) Oh, boy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But I I just don't think that he can be held at fault here. I mean, just we're asked so much as part of the flying public. When is it going to go back to being a customer-driven business? So let's talk to Eddie in Claremont, see if he agrees or disagrees. What do you think, Eddie? Hey, um, that that last caller, Rod, was absolutely wrong. This was a civil matter. This wasn't criminal. Name me the state, county, or city statute this man broke. If he, if, he broke, if he broke the law, put the handcuffs on him, charge him, take him to court. You don't beat him up, break his nose uh, and his jaw, and then say, oh, well, I guess I made a mistake. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't, you know, police weren't brought on the plane because... You know, he was breaking a law. They were bringing, you know, police on the plane to get the passenger off so they could get the crew. Okay, that's fine. Where's the constitutional uh, uh, right to do that? Where's this man's Fourth Amendment right, Sixth Amendment right, Seventh Amendment right? You beat this man up for no reason. You don't charge him. And he paid you money. He paid you money. It's just like their new motto. You cut, you board as a doctor, you leave as a patient. Hey, thank you, Eddie, very much. On the text line, Yaffe, what's coming in on this? I'm sure you've got some allies on this, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, both sides. One person says, um, uh, let's see, there's a bunch of, bunch of stuff coming in. Uh, I, I had a good comment. I can't find it. They're um, coming fast and furious. <laughs> yes, uh, one person says, I totally agree with Yaffe. This guy totally brought it on himself. From what I understand, the snowflake started screaming before anyone touched him. As a flying passenger, I would have been more alarmed by a guy who insisted on being on that flight. 
especially um, with the situation with terrorism and stuff in today's world. Wow. And again, your point, Yaffe, from just before the hour, I'm sympathetic to the doctor. I know there's going to be a successful lawsuit. There's going to be a settlement is what this is going to be. Oh, there's going to be a successful lawsuit against United, the city of Chicago, Chicago police. Dr. Dow said it was more traumatic what happened to him at the hands of those cops on that plane than when he fled Vietnam during the war in 1975. And you just absolutely went nuts off that. Well, yeah, because it's not like this is a police state thing. The cops came on. They asked him nicely several times to, you have to get off the plane. He said, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. They said, if we don't, we're going to have to remove you. No, I'm not doing it. No, I'm going to do it. They go to remove him. He screams like a, a girl and then resists, and that's why he gets hurt. It's, it's different than just saying there's a guy on who paid, and they just went and beat him up. They didn't really just beat him up. They were trying to remove him from the plane. They were trying to remove him, but it had been on a volunteer basis. So it, it this it should have it never was, have come to a removal. They were looking for well, four I passengers to volunteers. Yeah. So it, he didn't break any laws. He's he was allowed to react the way that he reacted. He's paid his ticket. He's waited at the airport. He's boarded his flight. He's got passenger uh, patients. He and his wife need to see the next day. I just don't know any one of us would have reacted, maybe not screaming and being dragged, but if we would have been extremely upset and angry that now the ticket we paid for has to be bumped for a crew to get to a flight they don't even need to get to till the next day. Hey, listen, gang, let's hit a break right now. We'll get back to this in just a moment. Let's bring on a caller on this controversy. Um, Deb and I are sympathetic to the doctor dragged off that flight. I think it was outrageous what they did to him. Uh, Yaffe thinks essentially he can, you know, he's got something on our side of the ledger, but he also thinks that the guy, you know, didn't do what police politely asked him to do and he should have done it, you know, and uh, kind of brought it on himself. Am, am I am I miscasting you here, Yaffe? No, that that was a, that was a fair assessment there. To Oviedo we go, and Tim is on the 50,000-watt front porch on this. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, bud. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm coming down on the side of, of you, <laughs> And, Deb, uh, the, the contract of carriage is a legal binding contract that you signed. It's all in the fine print. But it does not state that once you board the plane, you can be removed. The carriage, the contract of carriage lost, or the legally binding contract in which you sign, states that they can keep you from boarding the plane, but you once boarded, you cannot be removed. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I am sure that uh, the family's lawyer, who says a lawsuit's in all likelihood coming, will certainly play that card. All of this should have been resolved at the gate anyway, right, Tim? Absolutely. And, and of course, obviously, Yaffe's right. I mean, the guy created a scene, but he did nothing wrong. There was nothing he did that should have provoked them from escorting him off the plane in the first place. Well, now hang on in that score, because let me bring in Joseph addressing what we just heard from Tim. Good morning, Joseph. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch from Orlando. Good morning, bud, and thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Well, uh, if you don't follow law enforcement order, they have the right to use force. So you're not sympathetic to the doctor at all? Well... Don't you think that was I a may. little excessive? They're going to have to put his face back together, for crying out loud. I may, but he failed to obey order. 
and law enforcement have the right to use force if you don't follow their order. All right, fair enough. Now, I've got a retired airline employee on the line, but um, let me get to that in a moment. I do want to give our texters an opportunity to weigh in. Uh, Yaffe, what's still coming in on that? Oh, yeah, the texter actually agrees with the first caller in saying that it was not a lawful order. United did not have the right to remove him for the reasons they stated. That is why they are being sued. And let's go to the toll-free. we got a retired airline employee named Brad joining us from the coast. Good morning, Brad, from Merritt Island. How are you this morning? We're fine, and how are you on this fine Good Friday morning? I'm doing great. I'm ready Good. for Easter. Yeah, me too. Happy Easter hey, to you. My, my point is, um, eventually, one way or another, they were going to have to remove this gentleman. Um, they Obviously, they have to get a crew to another uh, flight. Yeah, they could have gotten him down there on some other plane or some other way for crying out loud, Brad. You know it's true. Quite frankly, I I, uh, retired out of Indianapolis and spent my whole career there, and it's a smaller airport. There's only so many flights that go into that airport. Well, they were going to Kentucky, weren't they? They were going to Kentucky. I, I realized that. They were going to Louisville, yeah. which is even smaller than yeah. than uh, Indianapolis. So they only have so many flights that they okay. can get a crew in. What's your and bottom line? Are, time, time is killing me here. It's almost news time. What is your bottom line on the doctor, right or wrong? Chances are he, you know, he should have gotten off, and he's wrong. Uh, they, you know, if he didn't get off, they were going to say, you know, tell somebody else, and then they were going to say, no, I'm not getting off because he didn't. So eventually, somebody was going to have to get off, and, you know, unfortunately, it was him. He should have just gotten off. And- All right, Brad, thank you so much. Wish we could have talked long. And this United passenger dragged off the flight. Our callers and our texters are torching the 50,000-watt front porch. And, uh, and before they burn it entirely to the ground, Deb, let's get up to date on what really has been the big story this morning. Yeah, i got to try and clear the smoke out of the way so I can see the copy here. Man, yeah. oh man. Officials in Afghanistan are saying uh, earlier the number was 82 terrorists are dead after the U.S. dropped a massive bomb, the largest non-nuclear bomb in the military's arsenal on an ISIS target. A spokesman for the Afghan Ministry of Defense says the blast destroyed underground tunnels along with weapons and ammunition but that no civilians were hurt. American military officials say the 20,000-pound so-called mother-of-all bombs was dropped on an ISIS position in eastern Afghanistan near the Pakistan border. And, Bud, my favorite part of the story is that this bomb is so big, they have to take it up in a C-130 cargo plane and they have to open the back door and just roll it out because it's too big. There's yeah. nothing to launch it. it, it I think that's the best. Of, of high-tech munitions, it's the low-tech <laughs> yeah. way that they got this thing to drop, they just pushed it out pushed of the it cargo out of the back. plane. Yeah, exactly. We've it's got laser-guided, you know, yeah. launchers. And I know. Just open the door and push it. Yep. And then say a prayer. Mm-hmm. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Okay, before we set fire to the fifty thousand watt front porch again, I thought we would do a feel-good story since today is Good Friday. Yes. Leading into Easter weekend. Let's do it. So you know when you pass the same thing every day, we tend to not even notice it anymore. Yeah, yeah, I know oh, when sure. I when I first moved here, it just it for yeah. months it seemed like I couldn't get over the fact that I was looking at palm trees driving to work in January. Sure. Now I don't even see them. I understand that. All right. So for a lot of folks, for those of you listening, it could be an advertisement that's been up for months, a shop sign that's been missing a letter for years, or a beautiful tree that's just stood all your life and you mm-hmm. just don't really notice it anymore. But in this case, it was a homeless man 
that had been standing on the same Texas street corner for three years. Plenty of people passed him, but nobody knew his story. Okay. That is until one day when Ginger Sprouse decided to stop and talk to him. His name, it turns out, was Victor Hubbard. He was homeless and suffering from mental health issues. Now, tell me, probably when you heard he was standing on that same street corner in Texas, it was because he was panhandling, right? I would think so. Normally, that's what we see here. But no, the street corner was the last place he saw his mother, and he was waiting for her to return. Oh, my goodness, Deb. And he stood there for three years before somebody asked him what he was standing there for. Mm -mm. See what happens when we make those assumptions. Oh, yeah. See what happens when we reach out to people. Exactly. And we have an opportunity to learn and open up, you know, The flower of your community blooms. Ginger began visiting him on her lunch breaks. The two became friends. She started the Facebook page, This is Victor, as a way of introducing her community to get to know him the way she has. This glimpse has inspired her community to help get clothes and medication for the man that so many passed on that very street corner every single day. They also started a GoFundMe page that's raised over $33,000. Oh, my. And has had a block party to show their support. Now, not only has Ginger helped Victor get off the streets and into mental health clinics, but they're also co-workers. He's got, now got a job in her business's kitchen. Victor has even been able to see his mother again by them. But more importantly, he's found a much bigger family in his community, all because someone decided to stop And have a conversation. So just an opportunity to remind each and every one of us as we go through our busy day not to forget the fact that, you know, we're all brothers and sisters in God. Deb, you're the best. Um, You bless us with such good news on a good Friday. Thank you. Thank you for that. You have a blessed Easter weekend. I know you and Gammy and the grandkids, Paca. Oh, going to yeah. be coloring and decorating Easter eggs. Among many other things, it's going to be a sure. great, great time. Well, I hope you do have special. a great family celebration. You too, Deb. Thank you so much. Do and appreciate thank that. you. This is late, but not uh, forgotten. Thanks to you and Linda for my little Easter basket yesterday. Remember when I was complaining on the air the other day about my mom not being in town, which meant I wasn't going to get an Easter basket with my usual Cadbury eggs? Hey, we got your back. Yeah, well, my Easter buddy (laughs) buddy arrived, got me Cadbury eggs. Yeah, the Easter buddy. Yeah, the Easter buddy. Ears just as cute as the bunny. We take good care of (laughs) Isn't it cute? Yeah. Easter buddy. And you got your Cadbury eggs. I did. So thanks to you and Linda. Happy Easter Day. Thank you. Happy Easter. Good deal. Couple of more quick calls, and you got to be quick on whether or not you are sympathetic with the doctor dragged off that plane who was so severely injured. The United Flight, um, and everybody has an opinion on this. And here is Eric in Orlando. Good morning, Eric. Hey, bud, man. So, you know, this guy did say, apparently, before he was dragged off, that, you know, he said, you're going to have to drag me off the plane. So, you know, at that point, the the flight crew should have said, okay, let's up the let's up the reward for, you know, getting bumped off the flight. At some point, somebody would have relented because, you know, nobody, nobody bit on the $800, but somebody would have bit on the $1,200 or the $1,600. Personally, well, thirteen thirteen fifty is apparently the federal regulation as the cap on this, so you couldn't have just you know upped it through the roof to five or ten grand to get him off the plane. I don't know that he would have gone for thirteen fifty, but um, uh, we'll never really know. Thank you very much, Jeff. You're also on this uh, from Orlando. Oh no, you're on Yaffe's side. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I promised. Go ahead. Admit it looks bad, but at that point, if he would have got off the plane when the law enforcement asked him, we could have dealt with this in the courts later. Why do I have to be late for funerals, weddings, 
uh, whatever it is, you don't know what they're making room for. It's not up to you to decide. And law enforcement don't know why they're asking you to leave the plane. At that point, I think to be civil, you get off the plane and then you deal with the consequences afterwards. All right, Jeff. Thank you. Appreciate that. And on the text line, you're still coming in, Yaffe. Uh, yeah, one person agrees with that last caller, says, I'm with Yaffe. The procedure of over overbooking is wrong, but once the police tell you to do something, you do it. Fair enough. I'm sure more to come on this. Remember the other day when I just about lost my mind in this segment of the show over these snowflakes at Notre Dame University, formerly the fighting Irish, now the wimpy Irish, who don't want Mike Pence to speak at commencement These are gay students who feel unsafe in the presence of conservative former Indiana Governor Mike Pence. They feel unsafe about Mike Pence. What a bunch of wimps. And now here we go again. Let me take you to Duquesne University in Catholic school up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where you got gay students petitioning the school to make sure they don't let Chick-fil-A set up shop in their campus food court. Why? Because they feel unsafe. Why? Are they afraid somebody's going to throw a chicken sandwich at them for crying out loud that's been a little overcooked? No. The gay students at Duquesne University, they feel unsafe because Chick-fil-A's management and the CEO, Dan Cathy, is one of these nasty conservative Christians who believes in the definition of marriage as espoused in the Bible, that it's the union of one man and one woman as the family unit. And they feel intimidated and unsafe, and we just can't have Chick-fil-A on the Duquesne campus. Mr. Yaffe, please tell the bud man to be a little more sympathetic and understanding here. I mean, it's just so scary, the idea that there would be a Chick-fil-A on our campus. I'm just scared. We don't feel safe. You know, under that logic, they would have to take every anything to do with any church or Christian symbol off the campus as well. Oh, yeah. Sure, because, because the Bible does teach against homosexuality. Yeah. I mean, it does. Simple as that. Bryce? I almost feel like the uh, Chick-fil-A or other Christian businesses should be scared of gay people taking away their businesses. Not so much, you know, taking away the gay rights. I mean, how does the Chick-fil-A take away any rights? Oh, yeah. Maybe say, maybe Chick-fil-A is feeling unsafe here this morning. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So maybe yeah, somebody to... else should be removed yeah. from the campus. You know? Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm not going to get worked up like I did over Notre Dame and the snowflakes out there the other day. No. I can't do this. I got the weekend coming and it's Good Friday. Okay, I'm 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 very feeling very spiritual, very mellowed out here. But enough of this nonsense with these wimpy college kids needing their little safe zones. Give me a break. They're going to run this country someday right into the dumper. All right. We're going to give away a prize to one of our fabulous listeners on the Sound Judgment Game. Something really interesting and unusual coming up here, and I'll bet you can win. But there's no way you can win unless you are on the phone, and you need to call, and we'll put you on hold right now to be a contestant on our daily Sound Judgment Game for prizes. 407-916-5400. 
I found something really rare and really special as our sound cut for the sound judgment game. We're going to play it in just a moment. And what are we playing for there, Bryce? A great prize for this good Friday. It's a pair of tickets to, <clears throat> excuse me, to the 2017 International Christian Film Festival, which is May 4th through 6th at the Wyndham Resort in Orlando. There's an opening night party, red carpet, award ceremony, networking, and seminars. They will all showcase 70 films throughout the event. Go to www.internationalcff.org for details. Your producer ticket includes opening night party and movie, three-day movie pass, all seminars, award ceremony, networking, casting session, festival festival t-shirts, festival swag bag, and a program book. It's the biggest Christian film festival in the world. It's right here in Orlando, and you're going on us. You ready? Here we go. On this date, April 14, 1865, President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. And for today's sound judgment, we are going to play a remarkable recording made in 1933 by then 80-year-old Joseph Hazelton. He was an errand boy at Ford's Theater on that fateful night and an eyewitness to the Lincoln assassination. Listen as Mr. Hazelton describes some of what he saw, then use your sound judgment to tell me how many U.S. presidents, including Lincoln, have been assassinated? I didn't have long to wait. There was a flash and a report. President Lincoln had been assassinated. There are not words enough in the vocabulary of the English language to describe the awful hush fell over that house when the shot was fired. An eyewitness to the Lincoln assassination on this date in 1865. Wow, gives me goosebumps. How about you? But the question is, total number of U.S. presidents assassinated. Line three, I'll give you the first chance. Uh, is it four? Yes. You've won, right. the, you've won the Christian Film Festival tickets. Congratulations. You don't have to give me the names, but can you name the four presidents assassinated? Uh, Lincoln, Garfield, McKinley, and Kennedy. Oh, my goodness. We've got a student of history here in the smartest audience in talk radio. Please give me your first name. I will write you a heartfelt letter of congratulations. I'm Todd in uh, Lake Mary. Todd in Lake Mary. Happy Easter weekend, my friend. Thank you for coming on and playing our game. And, boy, you won it. I thought it might take us a while to find a winner, and you did a terrific job. Congratulations to you, Todd. All right. Thanks, bud. Yeah, don't go away. You hang on because those tickets are valuable. And uh, Christian Film Festival in Orlando, the biggest in the world, is going to be just awesome. You will love it. I hope you enjoy it. So Todd is our big winner. You can be our winner here coming right up at the 9 o'clock hour before our news update and our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. The keyword is coming up. You could land you $1,000. You could win great, great prizes, too, if you're the winning entry in our 50,000-watt front porch contest. What is our 50,000-watt front porch, which is what we call our show, look like in your mind's eye? You know what it sounds like. What does it look like? Depict it any way you can. And the winning graphic will be used in our station promotions going forward and tremendous prizes as well. Find out all about it and enter at 1025wfla.com, keyword porch. Entry deadline, April 30th. Winning selection, drawn Tuesday morning on Good Morning Orlando. That would be on the 2nd of May. For all our fellow Christian friends here, we've observed Good Friday with you this morning. And we will celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Easter morning on Sunday and be back with you on Monday morning from 6 until 9. For Deb, Yaffe, Bryce, the whole team, the Bud Man here, thank you. Happy Easter. God bless you, and God bless America.